morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter what you find yourself as you're listening to this and you tuned in to the only sports podcast of Brains and Bars. This is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. I am A1, one half of the dynamic duo. Please remember you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, wherever you find the good podcast, searching for It's a Black and White Thing or hashtag Brains and Bars. Subscribe, rate, comment, all that good stuff. You can also check us out live on YouTube. Um, right now by searching for Brains and Bars. Like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. Um, you can also check us out on social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Brains and Bars. And as always, I don't do this show on my own, but I got my home with my case in the building. Hey, Ward, what's going yeah, on with your sir? I'm here. Welcome back to episode 739. Is how many times we've thought about doing episodes. <laughs> that's a fact that's a fact not sure exactly what number it is but yes yes thank you for watching thank you for popping up i am a ward on all social media platforms um yeah man feeling good um i'm glad to be inside with air conditioning because it has been murderous heat like this heat now granted i'm a summer person right so i'll never really trip on how hot it is outside but like sunday I had to move my car. My uh, my wife was going out to dinner, and I had to move my car. And I'm like, "Yo, this is disrespect. Like, That's it's hilarious. the hottest I think I've ever like, felt hey, in my life, bro." I have, a, I have a wife who has the money to go out to have dinner, and I had to use the legs that work to go move the car that I own. <laughs> Yo, how many first? I mean, how many? How many blessings? Listen, in that? yeah, hey, listen, it's first world problems for sure, because like. <laughs> Like, dog, like, I'm like, it's never been like, I tell people, it's only, the only reason it's this hot outside is for you to work out. It's the only good that can come from yeah. everything else is just like, I don't, yeah, no, no. Um, I don't feel like it's ever, I've ever experienced this many triple digit days in terms in of a row, and especially like in a row, just, just period. Like in Kansas City, like, I don't feel like it's ever been this bad. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I don't, well, don't want to get into the debates about what the global warming is real. I just know it's hot than a mug outside. That's yeah. that's what I do know. Crazy. But anyway, man, we appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Um, I'm going to po- tweet this out too. You know, on on the on my personal page on Twitter. Tap in. We're live now. You know what I'm saying? We got good show for you. A, a bias show a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because of some news that broke yesterday, so I'll get a chance to talk my stuff a little bit about about the 49ers or whatnot, but. We're going to talk a little battle rap. Summer Madness coming. You know what I'm saying? Um, right this weekend. So we're going to talk about that. Give some predictions on that as well. Um, but, yeah, man, let's start in the world of the NFL, man. Uh, like I said, the news broke. The big news that broke uh, over the week or on the weekend but yesterday is that Trey Lance is not only not going to be QB1. We all knew that was Brock Purdy from Jump. But he's not going to be QB2 either. Sam Darnold is going to be QB2, and his future with the team is up in question, or is now in question, uh, whether or not he'll be QB3. The Niners, after the debacle of injuries and that happened last year, being down to QB, what, four yeah, in the Josh Johnson, title right. game, Josh Johnson, they're going to carry three uh, quarterbacks, on the roster, right? The NFL made that change. You can have a QB three as an emergency on your roster um, at all times. So they're going to carry three quarterbacks, whether that third quarterback is Trey Allen or Brandon 
Trey Allen. Brandon Allen or Trey Lance remains to be seen. Um, and so, you know, I I said this last week. I thought that this was that the that the fact that they traded up and took Trey without having knowing that he had the least amount of experience probably ever for a quarterback who's going to be drafted that high. Um, and with the win now team, in the, I didn't think about this at the time, right? This is twenty. This is hindsight, right? Um, Monday morning, court, Monday morning quarterbacking, but it was a really bad decision, and that is now playing out in real time as they roll with Brock Purdy. So, your thoughts once you saw the news broke that uh, that Trey was going to be QB three? Yeah, like I, I mean, I think you're probably like in, in tune a little bit more with like maybe message boards and just reading the articles and different things like that. But I didn't think that was uh, I didn't think that was even possible. Like I didn't like I didn't know that it was a, a, a battle for QB number two. Um, and there's a few reasons for that, because, mind you, let's say my plan is to trade Trey Lance. Don't I want to just go ahead and announce him as QB number two and ship him out with trade offers and and then and then bring Sam Darnold up just to even give the appearance of you're getting, you know, a guy that we think has been, you know, really good in practice. You know what I mean? Like at this point now you're saying you can't even beat out Sam Darnold. So the leverage anybody has for trade value is <laughs> why do I want this guy? You know? Yeah. I think his trade value was shot. Um I mean, the fact that he didn't take the job from Garoppolo and it, I guess the thing is, is it's such a wild, a wild deal because if you listen to people who cover the team, he was on his way to unseating Jimmy as rookie in training camp. Then he suffers the I forget it was a broken finger on his throwing hand that affected him the rest of the year, right? And so he doesn't get the opportunity. He goes into the next season with the opportunity to be the guy to be QB one. They play in that monsoon in Chicago. He and Justin Fields were both terrible, but I mean again the conditions were awful. He gets, I think, like three snaps in the next game and then snaps his ankle, right? And then you come into this training camp, and it's just like I don't I don't know what Kyle Shanahan is looking for in a quarterback. So the one thing Brandon Allen mentioned um, when he got a chance to stand before the media is that this offense is really simple and it's easy to be successful if you get the ball out on time. So, like, if you have a five-step drop, at that, at that fifth step, Kyle is saying someone's going to be open. Your first option, most likely, the first option isn't open. Your second, most definitely, is going to be open. Get the ball out with time, and you're, you'll be fine. Well, again, I think in one of our chats, right, somebody posted that uh, that like he that he has had he's had less than 500 snaps, and and that's less than like every I forget what Loso posted. He posted something anyway, right? And but I mean, like when you have somebody who's that raw. Yeah. And, and he's not polished. Like, what did you expect? I don't understand what you expected from him when he had that little of prep time, right? His whole, his last season at North Dakota State wiped out because of COVID. Um, his basically, you can also pretty much cancel out that first season because of the throwing hand issue, right? So, I mean, I just don't know what they expected out of him. Um, yeah, I with think that's that, another thing is like, even when they moved up to draft him, like, you know, he hasn't been coached by – you know, even near professional level coaches, you know, he's, yep. you know, he, I, I, because he got, you know, recruited by North Dakota state, I can't imagine his high school, you know, uh, playing was a, was a high caliber, you know, anything else that he was playing on an elite level. And so, yeah, you know, you, now you're in this situation with, with the, with the 49ers, but this is his third year, right? So this is his third year. 
Yeah, yeah. But you got to remember, though. Go ahead, go ahead, go go, go, go ahead. I was going to say the other thing is is that I I feel like that they announced Sam Donald's taking the the uh the second job, and even the 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 news media that broke the news was like Trey Lance's. I guess career there is in limbo. And I don't know if that's something that they received from hearing from San Francisco or just saying, because he's, he's a third guy. And my thought is this, like if you're the 49ers after last year, I mean, you would have loved no offense to had Trey Lance playing in that playoff game. Right. And not a Josh Johnson, right. So you, I mean, you, you kind of, don't you kind of like, I'm, you're hoping like it won't happen two years in a row, but don't you kind of, as a 49ers fan, want your third quarterback to see some, be something competent. Uh, yes, yes, but again, like, I, um, again, man, it's such a, I feel bad for him because I feel like he got such a raw deal. Um, you were drafted third overall and you never, so I found the, I found the, the ESPN stat, 17 quarterbacks in the NFL last year threw more passes in this past season than Trey Lance has thrown it since high school. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. So, you know, yes, you want him to be your QB3. Brandon, Brandon Allen, who was in Cincinnati last year, he came in and had to replace Joe Burrow for a little bit. He wasn't bad. Like, he's, yeah. he's a viable guy. But, again, in Shanahan's system. He played system, Arkansas, too. So, he played, you know. He's, yep, he's, from he's, Arkansas. He played some, you know, high-level competition. If, if the Niners can get a – my uncle jumped in here, shot to my uncle, if a fourth-round pick for Trey at best, if they can get a fourth-round pick, he would be gone already. They would be through the roof. I would think right now, I think at this point, they're probably getting sixth and seventh round offers for them. You think so? Because like I said, they just Josh Jobs just got, you know, fifth round. Like why would why would the Cardinals not go out for Trey Lance over Josh Dobbs? I think because Josh Dobbs has more tape to show <laughs> that he could be a viable NFL quarterback than Trey Lance. That's the problem. So I guess the other part of that is so the one thing I've seen people say about him, and to me, it, it bears out that the more he in the pre in this preseason, it started out badly, in part because the pass protection wasn't great, in part because he would not pull the trigger when people were open. But the one thing people have consistently said about Trey Lance is that the longer he plays, the better he gets. Right. So when he got um, he in his rookie season, when they had to win out to make the playoffs. Um, he got the start against Houston when Jimmy was out for one week and he was pedestrian the first half at the end of the first half, they ran a two minute warning. It, it was a hurry up offense. He got them in the field goal range. They got the points. And then after that, he was really good after halftime. And so that bears out. But again, when you have a team that's ready to win now, you can't afford to have this kid kind of feel his way through because the locker room is going to be upset and unhappy when you have a kid in Brock Purdy who won 10 games in a row for you. Yeah, that's right. And I believe 12 if you count the the playoffs. So he wins all these games in a row. He gets hurt. And now you got this kid who's healthy, ready to go. And you have another kid who has less experience, who has had less less success at this level playing in his third season. And the locker room's not going to be unhappy if they're, say, what they were three and four, I believe, when Brock Purdy got, got a chance to start last year. If they're three and four with Trey Lance at the helm and Brock Purdy sitting right there, they're going to be upset. They're not going to be happy. So I want to ask you this. Now, does he oh, go ahead, go ahead. the entire preseason game to, to maybe hopefully have like a great preseason game to trade him off? I doubt it. I doubt he plays again. I mean, I think they told him early Wednesday 
and let him and let him go home so he could process right and deal with it. Um, I doubt you see him. I'm pretty sure it's probably gonna, maybe they do. I, who knows, man? I would just I just would give anything to have a season with my team without any quarterback drama. Just with a hey, here's the guy. There's no issues, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how where they go from here because. I, Again, I know you said they got a fifth round for Dobbs, right, in Arizona? So they they, they oh. traded Dobbs and a seventh and got a fifth. I mean, they might get that if they send a seventh. Maybe. But, again, his value to me, there's no reason in offering anything better than a sixth. In my opinion, I wouldn't give a fifth for him because you, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. And he still might not – you might trade for him, and he still might not play for you. So I don't know, man. Uh, let me ask you this: Is is this the worst trade in NFL history? No, you can't. You can't put your eyes on that Herschel Walker trade and, and, <laughs> and actually think that anything is ever going to come close. I mean, there might something might come close, man. But when you put your eyes on the Herschel Walker trade, and not only the, the, how bad it was, but then you realize it was like eighty nine, ninety, and then the Cowboys went on and won three Super Bowls within the next six years, like. Like, no, like, after that, like, like, man, you just can't. You can't look at that, bro. Like, three first-round picks, whatever, the second, fifth, seventh, something like that. And then he so goes on I, two full seasons. That's it. Three total. So, I, for those who are not old enough to remember, 1988-89, the Dallas Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't have the list of players they gave up, but this is the total, the total compensation. They gave up five players, three first-round draft picks, three second-round draft picks, a third-round pick, and a sixth-round pick for Herschel Walker. Um, and I mean, like, that is unbelievable. Like, I didn't realize it was that bad until I looked it up again. I didn't realize they gave up the five players. I'm just like, what did y'all think y'all were getting? Did you think you were getting Jesus? Like, who did you think you were getting to come to Minnesota to play for y'all that y'all gave up all of that for Herschel Walker? Shout-out to Herschel Walker. Was that guy in college and had a – Solid NFL career, but that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So a couple of other trades. See if it's worth. So the the trade for Trey Lance, I believe, was three first round picks. I think a third. Hold on. Let me make, let me get it right. That's the one thing I didn't write down. So they traded up a third round compensatory pick and first round picks in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. So I guess you know. It's not as bad as I thought it would. Um, but the Saints traded up for Ricky Williams. They got two first-round picks, two third-round picks, and one pick apiece in rounds four through seven. The other one that I thought that was in the running for with this Trey Lance trade of maybe not as bad, the Browns traded up for Trent Richardson. This is kind of crazy. Yeah. They went up to number three. The Saints went from 12 to 5. The Browns, I forget what number they went from in the first, but they went up to number three to get Trent Richardson. Gave him a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fifth, and a seventh. That is – now, that's kind of crazy. To me, the Trey Lance deal is worse than uh, – Those other ones. Well, I mean, we also have seen who Miami got, you know, like the way that Miami's used those picks too. Yeah, so here's the thing. So here's the thing about that draft, though. And this is what makes it so devastating for me. One, I, this is this is on my Twitter. So if you do a, a search for Fields on my Twitter page, you'll see that I wanted them to get, Tra uh, not Trey Lance, I wanted them to get Justin Fields. 
right? I wanted them if you if to me if the Niners wanted to go with the most pro ready guy, they should have stayed at twelve and drafted Mac Jones. If they wanted to get the best athlete at quarterback, that was Justin Fields. Yeah. They tried to go for a mix of both, but they went with the rawest prospect of them all and they got burnt. Yeah. Right. But here's who they could have had had they just stayed at twelve, Micah Parsons. That's who went at twelve. The Cowboys traded with the Dolphins to come up and get that pick. Can you imagine yeah. Micah Parsons and Joy Bosa? Oh my gosh. On on each side. It could be one of the most dominating. It's already a great defense. Now we're talking about all time, yeah. right? They could have had Rashawn Slater, who's offensive tackle. They could have had Mac Jones. They could have got Jalen Phillips, a, uh, a rush in from, from Miami. Kadarius Toney, Christian Derrissaw, another good tackle. If they wanted to go running backs, they could have had Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. So they could have had some really decent players had they just stayed at 12. And I won't bore everybody by going through who they could have had in the next couple of drafts. Had they just stayed put, but I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so to me, people go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's their, to their credit that they missed this badly, but they're still able to be successful. And I'm like, this is true. But if you had a chance to add a Michael Parsons, maybe you have a Super Bowl, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Because if your defense is that, if you have two rush guys that are that dominant coming from both sides. Yeah. It, it it you talk about maybe more turnovers, definitely more stops, um, and more opportunities for for Jimmy to screw it up somehow. <laughs> but you still get more opportunities, right? So let me let's 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 let me see. Well, do I have another question from this? Yeah, uh, yeah. Who should trade for him? Who sh- so in your estimation, who do you think they should go after? Or I think who, what team got, should go after trade? I think it's got to be a team that has an established starting quarterback. I mean, I don't think that we at this point, like, I mean, I can only imagine his confidence is shot. You know, um, you try to go to a team like the Buccaneers that is probably going to be a pretty bad team this year. You know, that's not really going to help him, you know, just throwing him in the fire, um, you know, to try to to try to compete there. Even though that division outside of the Saints is pretty, pretty bad, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think that you go to a team like um, the Rams or the Seahawks or the Vikings. Um Cardinals obviously just traded for Dobbs, so you know they they went ahead and got their backup, somebody they could play till Kyler because Kyler Murray's out for like what? At least uh, he's still on the pup list, so I would think he's going to sit out the first uh, four weeks of of this season, and then yeah. they can reevaluate at that time. But yeah, you know the Vikings don't know what they're doing with Kirk Cousins. You know, I mean, well, I mean he's getting older, and you know he's, it's not you know that's that might be a situation where you know Kirk is a different pace of quarterback. You can come in, you can sit behind him. Um, but also I think Matt Stafford and Geno, I think Geno Smith would probably be a great kind of tutor, you know, to Trey Lance as well. So I, I say Seahawks or Vikings would be the two that I would go with. So, I mean, I do think the Buccaneers should take a, take a, a flyer on him, right? Because I don't know if Kyle Trask is the guy. I don't think Baker Mayfield is going to have a career renaissance there either. I think every team, you mentioned the Seahawks, but I think all the teams in the, in the division should make an offer. Um, especially the Rams. The Rams don't really have a viable backup behind Stafford. Um, and I don't know what they have, like, in terms of – to me, the Rams are kind of in this – we're not trash, but we're not great. And so you're not going to be in the positions to go get a Drake May, a Caleb yeah. Williams, right? Um, you know, a Jaden Daniels, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, Bo Nix. I don't – it's kind of crazy that Bo Nix is being seen as a – 
That's Sam another story Hartman. for another day. Sam, shout out to Sam Hartman. He might be. Know it. Maybe if he has a great season in a pro style offense, maybe he's going to be one of those first quarterbacks coming off the board. But yeah, so I think if you if you're any of those teams in the, in the NFC West, you absolutely send an offer and see what they say. I think the Falcons, because I don't know if they got Desmond Ritter, and I don't know if Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy, yeah. right? And so you know, again. Maybe it's not the greatest thing for his confidence, for Desmond's confidence, but prove it. I mean, if you're if you're the guy, I mean, so for as an example, Jalen, uh, they went and got uh, last year. They had that backup last year. No, I mean he's he's secure before. now. The year before, they went and got the the stash, the kid with the stash, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. They went and got Gardner Minshew, and there was, I mean, in the preseason, there were a lot of people clamoring for Gardner Minshew to be the starter. Yeah, and I get he had had some success, but there was pressure on him, and he, you know, produced a gem of a season out yeah. of it, right? So, I mean, you know, nothing. Hey, Desmond, pressure, pressure need to make a dominant can uh, bust pipe. So, mm-hmm. which one? So, I, I think if you're those teams and you're kind of in limbo, you're not sure you're going to be in the space for a top pick, a- NFC West, um, I saw somebody say the Chiefs, and I'm like, eh. Okay, Stop. whatever. Stop. Um, Stop. But yeah, that's. I mean, let me know what y'all. Let us know what y'all think, man. I, I like I said, I feel bad for Trey. I feel like he got a raw deal. He should have went to a team that could have afforded to allow him to develop. I mean, honestly, Kansas City would have been a, a great place just because of the development yeah. side of it. Um, and he could have sat behind and learned. And then if they needed him to be a spot starter, he could have been a spot starter. Maybe went on someplace else. But it's I not- hope that kid. That's a tough world, you know. You want to be highly touted and you want the money and stuff, but, like, the pressure of that and the, the fact that you're going to teams that aren't very good, you know what I mean, and different things like that, it's, like, is very, very difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I hope – I to, to be honest, man, I hope – I never root for anyone to fail. Um, I want people to be successful. And I hope that he gets an opportunity – I would love to see a. I mean, no, that's not true because I don't want to see people get hurt either. But I would. I wish there was a way without injury, injuries being a factor for him to get a shot at being the starter in San Francisco and flourishing. And then you know, in a couple of years, saying "screw you guys," I'm going to go someplace else and kill it. <laughs> um, because I, like I said, I feel like he got a raw deal. Um, y'all, let us know what y'all think about this topic, man. Where should Trey Lance go? Is this one of the? Is this a top? Five because he Ward is right. The the Cowboys trade is I don't think you're ever going to outdo that trade in NFL history as one of the worst trades ever. But is it top three, top five? Let us know what y'all think. What are some places that you think Trey Lance should play next year? Yep. One last thing on this Niners thing. Uh this question from my uncle has the Niners improved their O line. If not, they're going to need them. Their O line is a problem. Um, outside of Trent Williams, Aaron Banks is good. Um, center, I feel like the right side of the line is unproven and it could be a problem. And they might be, I mean, hopefully they don't go through that again of three, three starters, but they could be in a space where they have to go that route again. And if Trey gets a chance to play and he shines, I would love it. I would love it to be quite honest, but I don't want anybody here. So, all right, so let's jump to the NBA. Um, so obviously this is the off season for them, but a little bit of news happened over, I think this is over the weekend for real this Mm -hmm. time. Um, Steph Curry was on with Gilbert Arenas on his podcast talking and, and 
Gilbert asked him if he thought he was the greatest point guard of all time. He said yes. Um, and he said, I'll do respect to Magic. I think I'm the best, which I ex- I, I expect nothing less, right? Right. Um, Robert Griffin III once said that he was the best quarterback in the NFL. So, Listen, so we're going to get – that Robert Griffin Rob, – RG3 trade was listed as one of the worst trades. And I'm like, man, he got like offensive – he got like rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. He was rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Like, he was really good. Like, we can't act like he was trash from jump. The injuries are really what derailed his career, not that he was bad. So, But, yeah, but, I mean, Steph said he's the greatest point guard ever. Do you think he's the greatest point guard ever? He's the greatest point guard I've ever consistently watched. Um, (laughs) So, you know, semantics, you know, so it's like, yo, he's definitely the greatest point guard I've watched. Uh, The only other one that I think – that could be up there to me is Jason Kidd and maybe Steve Nash. Um, mm. uh, and that's my era, you know, but I mean, obviously what I've seen and what I've read in the stats and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff, like putting yourself above magic or putting yourself above, you know, Zeke um, is, is, it's not easy. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a, uh, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, from a different era that will go down fighting that magic, you know, and I, I think it's funny because I think they say, well, Magic played one through five, you know, or, or whatever it was, you know. And it's just like, okay, I don't think he played – he didn't play the whole game at center. I think he just probably was down there every now and then. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically you're right. I mean, again, game – He's not Shohei Otani. It's not like he just like literally – like Listen, <laughs> that might be a good analog. That's a pretty close – so here's the thing. He didn't play, and I'm, I want to give credit where credit is due. I heard a part of this discussion with Nick Wright and Bomani Jones. Magic didn't play point guard out the gate. He played shooting guard to begin with, and then he moved his first two years. Then he moved over to the full-time point guard position once they traded Norm Nixon. That being said, when Kareem got hurt in the finals against the Sixers, as a rookie, 42-15-7, closeout game, NBA Finals. Like when people talk, when people talk to me about who's the greatest Laker and all this stuff, and that's a whole other discussion for another day. And people want to go Kobe, and I'm like, all due respect, Kobe was amazing, right? He, Kobe, definitely has the longevity argument over Magic. The first thing I start with is 42, yeah, 15, yeah, seven, rookie playing the five, right? So like we get. All due respect, Kobe was airballing jumpers in first round playoff games as a rookie. We know what the career turned out to be. That's no, again, Magic is the greatest point guard of all time, right? He spawned, I mean, the, the, the LeBron James that we see today, it happens because we had a Magic Johnson, the Penny Hardaways, but even, you know, Michael Carter Williams, who was a rookie of the year. Anytime you see a six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight guy, who was running the point, shot Lonzo Ball, you have Magic Johnson to thank for that. Spawn the the golden era of the league. I think they won, they went to the finals nine times in 12 years. Won five of those. I mean, between them and the Celtics split the team of the decade. Um, and then again, when he came back over, I mean, he was out of shape, overweight. He was still really good. When he, he retired for four years because of AIDS, comes back and is still a really good player after a four-year layoff. I'm sorry. All due respect to Steph. Steph is um, – have you seen that meme of like, these are the four most influential basketball players of the last 30 years? 
Have you seen that meme? No, yeah. you're not on Twitter right now. But you, it's been, it's not, it's not a new meme, right? It has Steph, Kobe, Jordan, and LeBron on. Um, to me, they slight AI, but that's another discussion for another day. And it makes me mad every time I see it because of that fact. But Steph is influential, right? He has revolutionized the game of basketball. Gilbert said it in when he was talking about why he had Steph as the greatest point guard. You can't go to a gym and not watch little kids, high school kids, even adults, try to pull up from half court 30 feet and shoot jumpers because of one man, because of Steph Curry. And so to me, I have Magic 1. I have Steph 2. And and this is an edge. It's like here. Steph's slight edge over Isaiah. Like Isaiah is one of those people that he's going to be. I feel like him, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade is going to fall into this bucket. I feel like Larry Bird is falling into this bucket of you had to be there to truly appreciate how great they were. Yeah. Right, because they don't have rabbit fans like LeBron, Steph, Kobe, or Jordan who are going to fight tooth and nail for their place in history. Right, right. And so I feel like I feel like Isaiah Thomas is going to is has fallen into that place where unless you were there and watch what he did against the Bulls, against the Lakers, against the he's the only one to say I beat them all. Right, Jordan ends up doing it later, but Jordan does it. Kareem is retired. Magic's hurt in 91, so it's not the same thing, right? Yeah. But um, Isaiah's the only one who would say, hey, in their primes, although you could mm, maybe Bird, I think after 86 is the, the last great Bird season, but pretty much he went toe-to-toe with all those guys and got victories over them all. So it's a – Steph is – he's done enough to surpass him, but there's not a great separation for me in that regard, man. Um but I want to ask you one last question. This is off the cuff because I want to go back to that meme. Do you agree with that with with that picture that Steph, LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan are the four most influential players of the last thirty years? I would probably have to take Kobe off and replace him with who? I mean, I like I like the AI, uh, the AI. Yes, it probably had to be AI. Influential. I'm just thinking about like changing the game, like changing how people play the game, changing, you know, um, if not AI, Dirk. I can respect that. So the reason it to me, there's a correct answer. And the answer is Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, maybe not from style of play, right? But in terms of cultural icon, he brought hip hop to the NBA. He, every, when you see a shooting sleeve, he, the headband, the tattoos, the cornrows, he brought all of that to the NBA. He is part of the reason why we have a dress code in, which I feel like it's, it's almost not existent at this point, but the, the, the hardcore dress code where it had to be blazers, button ups <laughs> and, and slacks was instituted be in part because of Allen Iverson and the impact he had on the game. So all due respect to Kobe. I think Kobe, obviously the mama mentality, all the players who have patted their game after him, who who looked up to him, all great props. But to me, to me, AI over Kobe is the is the one that makes the most sense. Um mm-hmm. LeBron obviously how he revolutionized the game. 
to me, not he didn't. Let me ask you this. Do you think LeBron took what Jordan did from a branding level to get to the next level? Yeah. From a branding standpoint. So yeah. I think you look at how he revolutionized the game from a free agency standpoint of yeah. owning your career, what he's done off the court, not only from his marketing deals, but also his social activism. Although I can say some controversy about that too, but I'm not. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. And obviously Jordan who revolutionized the game and then, yeah, Allen Iverson from a culture standpoint. So I got, we got this question. What's your definition of a point guard? Does Curry set the offense up, move people in the right position? It's a good question. Basketball is just so different. You know what I mean? Um, it's so different right now. You know, it's, it's not the same, you know, Jason Kidd, bring the ball up the court, call a play, get everybody where they need to be. You know, like it's not that floor general so much anymore, you know? Um, but I think when you see what Curry is like, you see his high basketball IQ, you see whenever he gets the ball, he can facilitate. You see how hard he runs off of screens and making sure plays are set and different things like that. And that's kind of what, what the point guard is today. You know, somebody that can score, somebody that can facilitate pass wise and somebody that can like make sure everybody's in the right spot, you know? Yeah. I mean, the game has truly changed. So the way that we think about point guard, we can't use that 19, 80s 90s definition anymore Steph is a point guard I mean I would have to go pull up his stats real quick but I would I feel like he probably averages five five to six points uh assists per game assist yeah um yeah I did say points but five and six assists per game so he's at 6.5 which is not bad he's for probably someone top, who is, what, top eight eight in the league you know I mean probably ooh, I doubt eight that. or ten I doubt that I, doubt, yeah, I guess because everybody's passing these days, yeah. Yeah. Let me see. 2023. Let me see. Nah, nah. Let me see. This might be points per game. Uh, assist category. James Harden led the league with 10 a game. So, nah, he's not. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis. Average more assistance. Yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking point guards. Okay. Well, let me see. Trey Young is on here. Chris Paul, John Morant, Luca. Luca's a point guard. We call him a point guard. Yeah. Westbrook, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Fred VanVleet, okay. Mike Conley, Trey Jones, Mike Conley, Marcus average, Smart. What they average? At Marcus Smart average seven a game. Uh, he's at six point three. So he's behind Curry. He was Curry was six five, right? Well, no, no. That's that was his. That was all time. That's his. That's his mm. career mark. Jalen Brunson, Killian Hayes. Got you. Got you. Okay. D'Angelo. Like, yes. It's wow. Sheesh. Where are you, Steph? Go find him. I feel like Go I'm gonna have. <laughs> I feel like I, I might have. Did I pass him up? And I just wasn't paying attention. I don't think so. Mm. Let me do one last thing. Let me look up. Oh no, he was. No, he was at six point. He was at six point three. Why am I missing him? Uh, hold on, y'all. Let me see. Maybe he did. I don't know why I don't see him on this list. That's weird. But this is 22-23 season. But I'm definitely missing him. Anyway, but he's somewhere mm-hmm. about top 15, top 16. So, I mean, like I said, the definitions change. You gotta, you have to view it from a, a different lens than you would have growing up. So, y'all let us know what y'all think. Who y'all got as the greatest point guard of, of all time? Do you have Steph or Magic or... I know the homie Jesse was go- is going to go Zeke, so do or is it other? So hit us up. Let us know what you think about first that. Time. All right, it's the first time you've lagged. It just lagged. Mm. 
Am I good now? There you go. We're back. Yeah, you're fine now. Right, that was the right. first time in the 36 minutes. So you caught caught a lag. All right. All right, cool. So let's um let's real quick. College football starts this weekend. I don't want to get into the we'll we'll skip the realignment talk. We'll come back and talk that later. Um week zero is what this being called. Um, I think it's headlined really by two teams, by Notre Dame. They're the they're literally kicking off the season in Ireland against Navy um, in Dublin. And then I guess the other kind of big name is uh, USC. USC is taking on San Jose State. And so, you know, you like to dabble in you know, the uh, sports entertainment world. Of so I got a couple of uh, odds here. These are point spreads, and I just want to get your take on what you think is going to happen in each of these games. So each of these games will take place on the weekend. Then I got one that's going to take place next week just because it's, it has an SEC team that I wanted to, to talk about. So let's start off with the game taking place in Ireland. Navy versus Notre Dame. They're getting 20 and a half. If you had to uh, take a, a bet, who you got? I'm taking Notre Dame, man. I don't know. Maybe just because I watched a lot of Sam Hartman last year um, and paid paid a lot of attention to him, like as a quarterback. I was very, I was so glad. I thought he was going to end up at Florida, and I didn't want Florida to get uh, Sam Hartman. I, I thought, you know, with the with the transfer portal, but like I, I think he's really good. Like I think he's really really good. And so uh, Notre Dame to me for a long time has been kind of like not great quarterback play. Um, for I don't know. I mean. And I don't know how long it's been since you had like a really pure passer, if it's like Jimmy Clausen or if it's later than that. I mean, or if it's a little earlier than that, but. Um, I mean, Brady Quinn was after Jimmy. Was Brady Quinn after Jimmy? No, Jimmy was after Brady. Jimmy was after Brady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I just say that to say, I mean, Navy obviously always tries to control time of possession, um, you know, so it's very difficult, you know, unless you just, unless you just get up on them quick and then they can't just keep running the ball, you know, um, that's the only way to kind of score a lot, a lot of points. But, you know, these two teams are very familiar with each other. They play every year, if I'm not mistaken, right? They do. They do. Every year. Yeah. Um, Ireland is going to be interesting. I don't know how early they get there. If there's going to be like a week before it. Are they already there? No, they, um, they showed up today. They, Notre they Dame showed up today. The Thursday, that jet lag, all that kind of stuff is like, eh. Um, so, <laughs> so, so I'll no, say this. So Take a Notre Dame. So I'll say this, Marcus, I guess he said that they they showed up, they flew overnight, showed up at like 10 this morning. They're going to stay up all day, right? Because I guess the thing is, as they say, is when you get to like a place like that is don't, if it's nighttime where you are, don't go to sleep, stay up, make your body stay up. Because if you go to sleep, your your whole clock is off, right? Okay. So he, they did that intentionally. I think he said they were going to have practice this afternoon at the stadium um, and then enjoy the rest of their day. So um I'm going to take Navy. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> emotional hedge. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, but I think that Navy. So here's the thing: Navy fired Ken Niamatololo. I think I said that right. They fired him. They replaced him. They have a new offensive system in place. It's still heavy on the triple option, but they're going to incorporate more passing. So if it's this is the one time I feel like playing Navy to start your season is not the best thing because you're gonna they're gonna throw all these new wrinkles potentially that you haven't seen. So I'm gonna take yeah. Navy 20 and a half. And if we get to if it's a 10 point lead at halftime, they're covering. I just want to say, yeah, that. they're gonna cover. Yeah. All right, so the second one on the list is Vanderbilt 17 and a half point favorites at home versus Hawaii. 
Who you got? If I remember correctly, Vanderbilt won last year against Hawaii in Hawaii, and I think they won big. I'm trying to, I well, think I was surprised. You know, it's not, this is and not the Hawaii of June Jones. Beat Hawaii by. This isn't Timmy Chang's Hawaii team. Oh my God, 63 to 10. Yeah, that's what it was. I was like, I was so shocked because you're, you back in the days, Hawaii put up lots of points, you know? Um, but yeah, and so now they get them at Vanderbilt. So I don't expect them to not cover 17 at home after beating the team by 53 points the year before. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking Vanderbilt. Yikes, I didn't realize it was that bad. All right, the next one on the list, we got uh, this is the nightcap USC at home versus San Jose State, 30 and a half point favorites. That's crazy. 30 and a half is definitely crazy because um, you have to ask yourself to in games like this when Caleb Williams and they're up 35 to 7 or whatever, is he still playing? You know, um, I guarantee you the backups are probably just two or three times better than San Jose to state as well. So, and those guys want to get in to score touchdowns too. So um, I'm going to take USC with the 30 and a half um, just at the, just at the, you know, like, Hey, the backups are not, you know, this isn't a team that like, you know, Vanderbilt gets, you know, gets up, you know, that their backups is not going to put, you know, 28 points on Hawaii. I, I could definitely see Kayla Williams playing half of this game, getting his three, four touchdowns, you know, 200 yards. And in the second half, you know, other guys coming in and getting and doing the same exact type work. That's crazy. 30 and a half. Like, that, now, is San I Jose can't State like a, a great, like, I mean, are they, they're not like the, yeah. We're not about to have an Appalachian State Michigan moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. We're not going to have one of those moments. So that's, now, that number the, is the wild. correct, uh, the correct uh, analogy there would be a Stanford USC moment. <laughs> I don't know if you remember mm. that was like the biggest spread when, when, at that time. When Harbaugh, when when Har- wait, which you talking about the Harbaugh season? Yeah, I think it was with the Harbaugh and, De- and Toby Get. I don't know if Toby Gerhardt was on that team, but I remember that USC or somebody was like a thirty-point favorite, and they lost on like a fade touchdown in the back of the end zone or something like that. It was like one of the biggest spreads ever i'm gonna see if i can find it just by a quick google search oh my god 2007 usc was a 41 point usc was a 41 point favorite yeah dog yeah (laughs) how crazy is that to be a 41 point favorite in Interconference, like you're playing another conference team, and you're a 41 point favorite. That's disrespectful. Dog, I would, I would have thrown up if I was on USC. I would have thrown up. Like, Imagine there's no way I should have lose this game. Like, dog, they got us losing by six touchdowns. <laughs> I'm coaching a Pac-12. Oh my. They got me losing by six touchdowns. Man, RP Pac-12. By the way, RP mm-hmm. man. It was a good run. God, that's crazy. Yo, just hold on. Let me just see if there are any Chauncey Washington. Oh, this is the John David Booty era of USC. Okay. So this is when this is when it was falling apart, falling apart. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. 
By the way, uh, Jesse, since you said, whoa, 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 the Michigan fans in the room. Um, this also, this is the same year that Appalachian State beat Michigan in 2007. And it, imagine in a year where you were a 41-point dog and you win a game and it not be the biggest upset of the year. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, last one. This is coming up next Thursday. I'm actually interested to watch this game. Um, you got U.S. – not U.S.C., sorry. Got U.S.C. on the brain now. Florida, five-point dogs going to Utah to take on Utah. Now, last year, Florida, behind an inspired performance from Anthony Richardson, pulled off the upset at home against Utah when they were like a top-10 team mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so how do you think this matchup goes now that it's a new era? Graham Mertz is now the starting quarterback at Florida. Um, going into Utah. I laugh because uh, when Anthony Richardson was uh, rising up all of the draft boards for the NFL draft, every highlight was from the Utah game <laughs> because there wasn't too much else to look at. There wasn't too much. Year last year. And so you're sitting that there watching him looking like a dog out there playing against Utah. Like, okay, I see you. <laughs> oh, and it, yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely know that Utah is returning – Cameron Rising, is that his name? Cam Rising. Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, very, very good quarterback, solid player. Um, um, they lost last year, probably left a bad taste in their mouth considering they were favorited last year. That was, you know, they, they finished the year, what, beating USC? Strong. Yep, in the Pac-12 championship game. Although Caleb Williams did get hurt. True. Um. You know, now that they don't have that Florida loss, you know, I don't remember what their final record was, but, you know, that that they might have probably could have jumped into the top, the top to be talked about as far as a playoff appearance, right? Um, I feel like they lost a game that they shouldn't have that kept them. So let's see, they started, uh, let me look at the full schedule here real quick. Give me back to the top. So... They started the season by losing to Florida when they were a top 10 team. Um, and then they oh, they lost to or- – no, I'm thinking of Oregon. They beat – they lost to UCLA. So that was their second loss. So, I mean, that pretty much put them out of contention at that point. But did they, they lose their again? second loss. They lost to UCLA by 10. Right. Um, so, like you saying, if they had beat Florida, they would have had one loss when they beat USC, right? They probably make the playoff. Let me yeah, see. I'm so trying to make I sure. I all that to say, like, you know, if there's anything oh, I'm oh, doing oh, – oh. They lost to Oregon. Lost oh, okay. to Oregon by three. Right. So that was the third loss. So there you go. Yeah, I think – I don't know. I'm not sure what the culture is like there at Florida. Everybody knows this is not the year Florida is 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 supposed to be anything, and I don't know if, like, that's seeped into that locker room. I mean, I had a few people tell me, like, instead of a bye week, that this is Florida's bye year um, so that they can, you know, uh, they got a, a highly touted quarterback coming in next year that they're all super excited for. Um, but SEC football is a lot different. And where are we at? We're at the swamp. No, this is in no. Utah. Thanks. We're in Utah. Yeah, I'm yep. taking Utah. I'm taking Utah by a touchdown. Okay. All right. All right. Interesting. Loso, I'm going to clip this and send it to you. We'll go All right. We're going to parlay it right now. <laughs> Everyone, we just <laughs> said. <laughs> All right. Cool. See, I'll let you know. Let us know what y'all think about that, man. Let's jump into. Uh, let's get into battle right now. Let's get into mm-hmm. summer madness. By the way. Last college football point, the homie Jesse says, how did Michigan beat Notre Dame 38-0 that same year? We're not here to talk about the past, Jesse. Um, let's right. move on, shall we? 
Even All right, so <laughs> let's get into uh to some battle rap. Summer Madness is coming this weekend, this Sunday. Summer Madness 13 goes down, um, I believe, in Atlanta. No, Houston, sorry, oh, in Houston. Houston. Yep. Um, so uh, let's get into some predictions real quick. So let's start. We're going to start the two battles that uh, – that were announced last. So let's start with our Rum Nitty versus Ace Amin. Who you got in this one, man? Rum Nitty versus Ace Amin. Well, I'm trying to make this bet real quick. It's a plus 1,200. <laughs> plus 1,200. So I will start while you finish placing your bet. All right. All I had in my account was $50. So I placed a $50 bet on everything that we just just the four games we just talked about. So payoff is 710. So you know what? That's not bad. Man, you can go into Atlanta with a little spending money. Yeah, you know, you know. What my mama say? She wants the Holy Fan shirt. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, mom. That's too funny. Um, so Rum Nitty versus Ace Amin. Is that what you said? Yep. Uh, man, I listen. I'm great friends with Ace Amin. I've heard Ace Amin's material. He, you know, he's ready. I'm not gonna say and you know do too much, but he's ready. He's locked in. This is rum nitty we're talking about. Because <laughs> 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 my dog Ace, I, I love Ace. Uh, if I'm picking and I'm not about to no, I'm taking rum nitty. I'm taking rum nitty in the battle. Two one. Ace. I should be your friend. Yeah. I believe in you. I got I got you 2-1. It's my most anticipated battle of this card. It's to me it's going to be the battle of the night. I got you pulling off the upset and mm-hmm. shocking the world 2-1. I haven't heard your material. You see how much I believe in you? You see it's how much incredible. this guy it's does It's incredible. It? It's it's material that could 3-0, could win 3-0 possibly. Don't try to clean it up now. Ace, let me hear your round. I'm, I'm not, your friend I'm not picking here. against the existing champion of the year and the alien and the like. I'm just not doing it. Ace, if you put your, if you put hands on him, bro, I won't, I, won't, I won't jump in. When you see him, if you put hands on him, I won't jump in. I promise you. All right. Let's jump into this next one. Disaster versus uh, Real Sick. Real Sick, 3-0. I'm telling you, real sick gonna win. Well, one because disaster. I mean, it's a URL battle, and it's disaster. Like, come on now, like that's not his. That's not his thing, you know. Two, like he's in Houston. I don't think a whole bunch of people in Houston can't wait to see disaster rap. Like, I'm no offense. I mean, he, you know, it's just. And three, like, real sick is like what disaster wishes he could be on URL. Like, he wishes his style could translate as well as what Real Six does. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I just I just don't see Disaster taking a round from Real Six. If he does, maybe he gets that, that, that first round that, you know, maybe people are heavily excited and, you know, he gets that, he comes out and all his eggs in a basket goes crazy. But I just don't see – I just don't see it happening. Hmm. I have Sick as well. Um, I don't know, man. His his easy material was well received in some parts. There are a lot. There are more than a few people 
who have him winning that battle. That was a grind um, time crowd. What are we talking about? That was I'm literally the talk- crowd that loves disaster. <laughs> he could literally not punchline and just say, ah, fuck it, ah, give me, ah, you know what I mean? And they're like, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this was not, well, I don't know if these people are grind time fans who are on the internet, but to be fair, this I'm talking about outside of that room, there are more than a few people. I think the I think the majority have easy winning to be right. But well, there are I more than a battle because I don't think easy was very good. Yeah, so um so I'm not gonna sit here and act like you know the disaster got smoked or anything like that. But you know, it was it was I don't think it was a very good easy performance. I don't think his read performance or the disaster performance were you know up to par with what you know he, he needed he he was with Hitman Holla or you know, so I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's fair. Yeah. So I got I do have real sick win in this battle. Um, all right, shotgun Shug versus Fonz. I'm taking Shug. I'm taking Shug two one. Uh, man, mm. just watching back that verb battle, verb and Shug. If that would have been on a big stage, Shug would have the verb soul would just be leaped. Like it was a great battle in that small room, and Verb was in pockets rapping, doing some stuff. But dog, the way Shug was wilding in that second round, oh my gosh! Like I so. Um, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to re-watch that battle. I gave I had uh Verb first and second. I gave Shug the third. I thought Shug had the better round the third. I thought both of their seconds were really fire. And I and like on my little app subscription thing, like the horn, like I maxed it out on both of them. Um I almost wanted to be the contrarian and, and take Fonz. I think my concern with Fonz is how we how he will do on the big stage. I feel like the last time he was on the big stage versus Danny. Was that Danny? Oh God, where the material the material like his first the, the crowd he No, 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 no. The crowd re- re- received his nitty material well. I rewatched that since they dropped it on YouTube. I didn't give Fonz enough credit for his material. I still got Nitty winning that battle, but I think when I first watched it, I did not uh, think it was as good as it was when I watched it on YouTube. So, um, man, I think, man, I, I'm going to go Suge, though. I do think Suge has been in a really good space um, for the last year plus now. And, yeah, he, I mean, his last showing against uh, – Against Verb, I feel like this is the last time he rapped right was Verb. I don't think he's he's battled in twenty twenty three, has he? No, Shuni. He battled Shuni. Oh. He lost to Shuni. Um, I don't know if he's got another another battle after that. I don't know yeah. if if the the kid slave battle was this year or not either. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm agree with you. I'm gonna go. Uh, Shug. I'm gonna go. Shug. John John the Don versus T Top. Who cares? This is when I freaking go to the air fryer and make something to eat. Who Come cares on, about man. this battle? The, really, though, who cares about this battle? I care. Why? Because John, John, and Top are two respected veterans in this culture. Glad you said Who have given us great They was talented or at the top of their <laughs> craft or in demand. First of all, John, John was good versus uh, Jay Mills. He was good. He won that battle. Jay Mills, by the way, side note, Jay Mills is improving. He was, I mean, if you if you look at where he was versus Gotti, which I think happened this year, to that, I'm interested in watching. I hope he pops out 
at least one or two more times to try to see if he can keep progressing and getting back. Um, I think John John, for the record, John John, top. I think you guys are talented. I think you guys are good. <laughs> can't even say it a straight face. I'm looking just because I'm looking at you. That's why I can't say it with a straight face. I think you guys are dope MCs. I think you're good. I am going to edge T Top in this battle. Um, I kind of want to take John John, but I think T Top, who has had two really bad performances in Houston, he got 30 by ill will. Tay Rock sent his soul last year in Houston. And I this is going to be the redemption of T Top in Houston. I'm going to go edge. I almost wanted to pull the debatable card, but I'm going to T Top edge in this battle. You're disrespectful, man. I'm taking this John John. No, I'm taking John John. This is why nobody likes you. This is this is a, a case of two guys that are on summer madness to get a check. There's not, you know, like that. This this not. This isn't a competitive. I gotta smoke you type thing. This is both of them get summer madness checks, you know, and going and battling each other. Like that's what it is. And when it comes down to it, we're not gonna get the best John John performance you've seen in a long time. We're not gonna get the best T top performance you've seen in a long time. And I'm going to take John John because I think that he's probably going to have some more punches and a little bit better, like versatility or whatever, in the three rounds than T Top going in there and kind of angling him and drug talking him. So I'm going to edge John John. All right. All right. All right. DNA versus Jerry West. Ain't nothing Jerry West can do with DNA on that stage. It's just not. It's just not. DNA ain't battled in a while. DNA wanted this battle. He picked this battle. It's almost hand-picked. It's almost like he was just sitting back. You know, he probably been writing rounds for Jerry West for a year. You know what I mean? So, I'm trying to think. When Jerry West battled with John John and Louise. He got crazy or something of, in the most recent in a recent battle. I think it was a, like one of the smaller battles, though. The Foots. So, the Foots battle, which I think it's lost a lot of steam because of it's how much time has passed, but when that battle dropped, it was seen as a battle of the year contender. Mm-hmm. Um, his second round is seen as it was a fire round. It's seen as a round of the year contender. And I hope as we get towards the end of the year, we get to Cody, people will remember that. Um, but yeah, it's that second round from Jerry West is a round of the year contender, contender battle of the year contender. I feel like him and Luke Castro were one of the highlights of uh, No Impact Reloaded or whatever they call it, No Impact. Um I'm gonna go DNA because I'm gonna go with that experience. This is yeah. his, this is Jerry West's first summer madness. Like you said, DNA is gonna know how to move on that stage. I feel like the last time he was in Houston was a verse was versus JC. Oof. This is when he I think he was in the champ persona. Um he had a really dope round where he no, does JC no JC ends up taking a bottle from from DNA yeah. and drinking out of it. But but yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to go DNA. But I'm I think this, like, I'm probably are gonna like Jerry West like stuff on paper better than DNA's, but I'm probably gonna enjoy. It. But I I just don't know if it's gonna translate on that big stage, and I don't know if he's gonna be able to work the stage and like do the other intangibles that that comes with what DNA is going to do. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna switch my pick. I'm gonna take Jerry West from this standpoint because again, if I wonder, did he take any pointers from battling with Lou? True. Lou Castro, very polished from a performance standpoint, knows how to work a crowd, knows how to be entertaining. And I and it makes me wonder if that again, I, I'm pretty sure DNA, if he were to hear this go, who is Lou Castro, right? Um yeah. but 
I think I do wonder if he's going to take any tips from that performance and apply it to this. I'm going to switch and take – I'm going to take Jerry West with an upset on that one. Okay. Um, twerk versus Hollow. Hey, tell the truth. We both thinking it. We both count of three. Count of three. With one, two, three. <laughs> Which twerk, twerk thirty? <laughs> Which twerk? twerk thirty? No, 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 no. We don't have to worry about which twerk we getting. I don't think we in that. We we not in that era no more. That that yeah, era I mean, has I don't passed. think Hollow can do anything with twerk. But I mean, hey, listen, Hollow is that guy too. Like we can't. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here. This would be hypocritical for me to. Pretend like Verb or or Suge or, or some of these guys. Um, who else? John John T Top would can't tap into like the greatness that they had at one point in time. But you know, Hollow Bro at one point in time, you know the you know the the, the see how the, the four bars like a kick. See how they predict that. Like if, if Hollow get into some of that, that's what stuff Twerk can't do. And Hollow lived in Texas in Houston for a long time. He's known down there. The crowd is going to be waiting on Hollow to rap. You know that. He's going to say a couple bars specific to that Texas, and he's going to get the energy. But Twerk's definitely winning this battle. Twerk's winning this battle. Astro, as long as he doesn't choke. <laughs> he's man, winning. we not. Man, dumb days is over. Like, again, this is this is the year. I don't think Twerk is. Did Twerk make the Cody list last year? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's ever. I don't look at anybody I behind to, me. <laughs> I had to look it up. I don't know if he's ever made a Cody list. This is the year. Not only he's going to make that list, he's going to be top ten. He's going to be top, maybe even five, especially if he thirties Hollow. Oh yeah. Which again, all due respect to Hollow. Obviously, Hollow's a legend. He's a Mount Rushmore uh, contender nominee, however you want to put it. He's one of the goats in the game. Yes. But but. Dog, like when Twerk get up there and he say some crazy stuff, like he said the coffee three hours ahead, the sun's still up in Cali. Listen, when he lands one of them, dog, it's going to feel like like imagine if he so imagine if he gets into that pocket right where he has like I think that was his uh first round of coffee where he goes crazy in that first round. It's going to feel like a Tay Rock seatbelt bar. Three, four times with that Houston crowd, man. It's gone. And then you know the thing, people oh. just people just don't when you talk about revolutionized, like if you want to talk about revolutionized, like Twerk is one of the four on that meme for battle rap. You know what I mean? But like people just don't realize like he is such a a, a superstar. Like any city he goes to is is like it's almost like a home crowd for Twerk, you know. I feel like the last time he was in Houston is the Suge battle. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, miss. I spotted you from across the room. Dog, what? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, man, I I have talked about Twerk being the the Michael Vick of battle rap because he's giving revolutionized the game, giving you incredible highs. Um, But then you've always talked about what he could have been. Yeah. We are now at, we are now starting to see what happens when that potential is realized. Battle in and battle out without the chokes, without the stumbles, without all and the. It's always been times. like this with Twerk. I mean, if you know, it's always been when he gets it together, he will be what supplants. I think that's the word, or what takes over from Tay Rock as being the face of URL. You know, and like 
this battle or whatever, his his next couple battles that he'll probably have big battles and stuff. And it, it's just gonna be, you know, it's gonna be Twerk's world, and we're all living in it, you know, as long as he stays consistent and doing what he does and stop and not choking, you know. Like I said, we haven't seen it in a minute. Mm-mm. At least I don't. At least not to my memory. Not to my memory. I feel like he's been. Now I'm not going to say that like every round has been incredible, but he's given some, given us some high level material. When you think back to sick, um, next coffee, um, trying to think. I mean, the two on two that they had um, with Geechee and, and, and Tay Rock. Um, so that's just off the top of my head. Just thinking of like the last couple of battles around that around that time, and I mean. You're yep. saying like if he decides to spin the block with Swamp or real name Brandon or Geechee, I would be I would love to see that twerk a focused, motivated twerk yeah. and he spins the block with those with those uh, artists. So definitely. All right. And the main event, brothers. I don't want to have to kill my brother, so I turn my head. Tay Rock versus Av. As the main event, Summer Madness 13. I hope he brings that bar back almost as like a slogan type thing. That'd be kind of fire. It'll hit again, I'm sure. Mm. Um, This is, I guess, my upset pick. I guess uh, I got Av. I got Av beating Tay Rock. Um, I think think this is is that one for Av. This is like a battle that could take him here. Not to say Av is like mid-tier or nothing like that. He's, He's, you know, but it's a battle that, a great performance and a great win or whatever, even a classic debatable, whatever it may be, it can, it can put Av up there, up there with, with the twerk, you know, up there with the, you know, the nitties. And, and I see what you're saying because I'm I not, feel like. Because like I said, Av's talent level is up there already, but it's just, I think it's that one. No, no, no. I see. No, because I feel like Av is kind of in that JC place of they feel like he's, high risk, low reward, right? Like they don't, like a MC doesn't want to get embarrassed in front of him. And so it's like, so for example, Arsenal, he bodies Arsenal. He's got mm-hmm. the swag surf bar against mm-hmm. him. Um, he killed Charlie Clips, right? Bodies him. Um, no, that wasn't. No, 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 no. I'm trying to, I'm, it was somebody else. He had a really hot performance. Was it? it was Math Hopper. Math, thank you. I know Matthew said there were some extenuating circumstances that affected his performance, but I mean, we're, those are three highly respected vets, legends, maybe even you want to say Mount Rushmore candidates and some of them body them all. And so I think he, he's had that stigma. If on this big stage, he has a, you know, a thir- an improper fraction bar, skip to yeah. my lube bar, Lion King. Like if he has one of those moments consistently in this battle and beats a Tay rock who has been, whether you think Tay Rock has been, I don't think he's been bad. Um, I feel I feel like since like 2019, one of the discords I mean, they posted like a his, his the battles he's had and said what's been the best year from him. And like you just look at the names he's had, and it's like he deserves all the flowers. He's one of these guys when he shows up, whether you think it's a great performance or a trash. And I know I said this before, he is giving you his best he's giving you his all and then he is in this last year right he's starting to take on mid-tier guys he gives Ryder a shot he goes up against cuban on osbl um i forget the name of the young man he battled on on chiller's league on tbl Mm -hmm. jay soldier right and he's giving you moments in each of these battles that you can take away 
that have been super dope. And so I do hope from a wrestling, to make a wrestling analogy, that this is one of those matches where you have this legend who was given this guy who's always been, like you said, Av has always been well-respected, but in terms of people seeing him as what he, in my opinion, should be, a top-tier battle rapper, they've not given him that due and acclaim. And I'm going to side with you and go with this upset pick, and I'm going to take Av in, a, in what is a truly a coronation of a career that has not always gotten the respect and the due that it should. This is going to be a star-making from a marketing standpoint, star making moment for Av, big stage, main event over Tay Rock. I think it's going to be a really dope battle with high replay value. At least I hope that is. So, yeah, I'm going to go with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, man, that's our time. That's our time. Let us know what y'all think. Who y'all got for Summer Madness? Who y'all got winning? Tap into the to the stream. It's on Caffeine. Obviously, there's a little, a little bit of a fee. You got to buy your gold coins or doubloons or whatever you got to buy on the app to, to be able to watch it. Tap in. Please uh, remember, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice. Searching for It's a Black and White Thing or Brains and Bars. Like, rate, subscribe, share. You can also check us out on YouTube. Share the podcast. Share the podcast there. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Brains and Bars. Um, two weeks, two weeks, man. It, we're 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 getting close. It's, it's about to be crunch time. RBE max out three in the blue room main event. Hollow, I'm hollow. Ill will versus yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad. Hitman versus I had the H's. My bad. That's Hitman versus Ill will. That's not even the main event either. Y'all know what the, y'all, the, y'all know what y'all came to see. Y'all know what y'all came to see. <laughs> A war versus verb going down also in that building. A lot of dope battles on that card, man. In Atlanta, September 2nd. If you hadn't got your pay-per-view, I would suggest you do so because I'm I'm pretty sure our uh, ARP is gonna have one more price hike up in there. Uh so if you don't, if you're not, unless you're gonna be a part of bootleg game, make sure you get that pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure you don't hit me up for tickets. I can't, I can't listen. Yeah, yeah, so get your pay per view. Maybe you can scout. Maybe they got the tickets on StubHub or TickPick or something. You can go get them on the secondary market to get in the building for that event, man. Also going down the next day, Riot. We uh, was it come bearing gifts too. Um, Rum Nitty versus Jazz, Vixen versus Chilla, Coffee versus Geechee. That's Shout gonna be a to fire. Back to back weeks, two big battles. Very fire. Absolutely, absolutely. So check that card out as well. I mean, that's going to be on caffeine, I believe. I feel like I'm fairly confident in that. But until next time, it's been a black and white thing, man. We holler at y'all next week. Y'all be easy. Deuce.